This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And if you're like a lot of people, cryptocurrency like Bitcoin is a bit of a mystery, but it's becoming more and more common. And this afternoon, we'll hear from one of Canada's leading experts in crypto. He actually created the first cryptocurrency ATM machine in the world right here in Vancouver. We'll talk to Mitchell Demeter from Netcoins, netcoins.ca. That's coming up. But first, it's a look at the consumer news headlines from the past week. Here in Canada, we're used to our cities being called the world's most livable, the most beautiful, that sort of stuff. But according to a new survey, Canada is being called one of the world's most influential countries. CEO World magazine has included Canada in its roundup of the world's most influential countries in 2021. We're number 11, just ahead of Saudi Arabia. Number one, you probably guessed, the USA, followed by China and Russia. The survey looked at attributes such as leadership, military power, international alliances, international trade, and of course, maple syrup. No, I'm kidding about that, because if it was, we'd be way up there. We'd be like number one. Uh, We learned this week that Canada's COVID-19 vaccine rollout is set to kick into high gear after major disruptions left us with zero doses just a few weeks ago. To date, Canada has administered just over 1.1 million doses. And in the next four weeks, we're expecting 1.8 million from Pfizer. 168,000 from Moderna. It has not been a great rollout so far. In fact, according to the Bloomberg vaccine tracker, Canada has slipped to 38th in the world when it comes to vaccination rates per 100 people. Countries ranked ahead of Canada include the US and the UK, which are both in the top 10. Israel tops the list. Federal officials have repeatedly said it's expected the country will have enough vaccines for every Canadian who wants one to get a shot by the end of September. And COVID is definitely not helping girl guides. It's girl guide cookie season, and they're still selling their chocolatey mint cookies as part of their annual fundraiser, but they can't go door to door. And girl guides are only allowed to sell to family, friends, and neighbors or via contactless pickup but you can go online to buy a box for five bucks on their website and some stores like Safeway Real Canadian Superstores a whole bunch of big name stores are also stocking the cookies the money collected from the cookies pays for guiding activities for girls aged 5 to 18 in BC and I'm hope I'm I hope I'm not catching you by surprise but tomorrow is Valentine's Day And how's this for the ultimate Valentine's date? You take your significant other on a helicopter ride. You can either check out the city or you can fly into some rugged BC backcountry. Sky Helicopters, a Vancouver-based helicopter company, has been selling the Valentine's Day packages. You get a private flight, a couple of glasses of champagne. When you get back to the airport in Abbotsford, you go to the Fluid Spa in Langley for an hour-long full-body massage. You also get a limited edition, a limited edition box of Thomas Haas chocolate. That's some of the best chocolate in the world. 
Thomas Hawes. Uh, it's made in North Van. And uh, you also get some Sky Helicopter merch thrown in for a total cost, $695. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. And when we come back, it's everything you wanted to know about cryptocurrency, like Bitcoin, but we're afraid to ask. Stick around for that. That's next. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, and I remember the first time I ever heard the term Bitcoin. It seemed very high-tech, very strange, kind of like the Matrix. Uh, I think when it started, I, w- I was doing some uh, looking into this. When Bitcoin started, it was worth just a few cents. And now, one Bitcoin costs more than $50,000. Uh, and we're seeing Bitcoin ATM machines at the convenience store. So where is all this headed? We have some questions, and uh, we have an expert. Uh, Mitchell Demeter was responsible for launching the first Bitcoin ATM machine in the world, right here in Canada, in Vancouver, and then put them around the globe. He's now the president of NetCoins, a company which helps Canadians buy and sell, and more importantly, understand cryptocurrency. And Mitchell is here with us. Uh, welcome to Vancouver Consumer. Mitchell, it's great to have you. Perfect. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so let's let's talk uh, cryptocurrency. And for people who uh, are kind of new to cryptocurrency, um, I mean, my first question is pretty obvious. Explain what cryptocurrency is. So cryptocurrency is kind of a term that's used to encapsulate all uh, Bitcoin, or sorry, all, all, all digital currencies, all, all currencies that are issued on a blockchain. And so the most popular cryptocurrency is Bitcoin. Um, it was the first digital currency ever to be invented. Uh, it's often referred to as a digital version of gold. And like gold, there's a finite amount. There will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin in existence. Um, it's also been the best performing asset over the last 10 years. Really? Uh, the, so, so they have decided there's only going to be a finite amount, and uh, they've watched the, uh, the value of this thing explode. This is, so one Bitcoin is, is worth like 50-something thousand dollars, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right now, one Bitcoin uh, just crossed the 60,000 Canadian dollar mark. Wow. And, and just so people aren't too intimidated, um, you can buy uh, portions of a Bitcoin. You can buy a fraction of a Bitcoin. You don't have to spend the $50,000 to buy the one Bitcoin. Absolutely. Bitcoin is divisible down to eight decimal places, so you can buy as little as $50. Yeah, so, so in the future... Um, uh, if you go to netcoins.ca, you can uh, you can see a lot of this, and you can you can read about it. You have a great blog uh, about some of the issues surrounding uh, cryptocurrency. Uh, you know, we can talk about the GameStop thing that happened a little later. But what will cryptocurrency look like for the average person in the future? Will it be something that we just uh, we all deal with when we buy and sell things? How do you see cryptocurrency fitting into the average person's life? So I think um, what we'll see is blockchain, basically the, the underlying infrastructure of Bitcoin um, will start to replace the, the underlying technology in a, in a bunch of different financial institutions and a bunch of different um, you know, things that people use day to day, but they won't actually know that, that it's being, that the blockchain is being utilized. Um, it, it's very similar to 
uh, the creation of the internet and, you know, even, even a phone call um, where you've got this technology that is kind of the backbone and the infrastructure behind this technology, but, but you don't really know it's being utilized or, or you're not really kind of digging into the nuts and bolts of, um, and, and Bitcoin itself, it's obviously hard to tell exactly where it's going to go, but, um, you know, there is potential for it to kind of start to act as a little bit of a reserve currency or uh, almost a hedge against inflation, similar to gold. Um, a, a lot of people are referring it, to it as digital gold right now, and, and we're seeing large companies around the world starting to take big positions of Bitcoin, essentially to hedge against potential inflation. Um, you know, when, with all the the money printing that's happening around the world right now. Yeah, I guess that's an issue that people are concerned about. The fact that uh, uh, money is being printed like crazy. Uh, and that's what's really interesting about all this to me. We're talking to Mitchell Demeter. He is the uh, president of Netcoins, netcoins.ca, uh, a company which is making it easier for Canadians to buy, sell, and understand cryptocurrency. That's your uh, motto. And when I think of cryptocurrency, I, I, it seems kind of exotic, but when I do my banking now, when I'm online, it's all in cyberspace. I don't see any currency. Um, and so I, I guess it's just becoming the way of the future. But let's talk about what you were saying about um, about other forms of currency and, and how we sort of come to uh, have faith in it. But uh, they're printing more of it. Um, and so how, how can, can cryptocurrency like Bitcoin um, sort of become the same as uh, the American dollar, for example? Yeah, absolutely. So one of my favorite quotes um, comes from Satoshi Nakamoto. And so Satoshi Nakamoto is, is the alias for either the individual or the group of individuals that created Bitcoin. And the quote says, the root, of, the root problem with conventional currency is all the trust that is required to make it work. The central bank must be trusted not to debase the currency, but the history of fiat currency is full of breaches of that trust. And so basically what we're seeing is central banks around the world are, are using their, their powers to, to create currency out of thin air. And as you create more of an asset, it becomes less valuable. And, and so basically, that's, that's exactly what we're seeing. The, the U.S. dollar money supply has increased uh, by about 25% in the last year. And after this next round of stimulus passes, the, the full money supply in the U.S. will have increased by over 40%. And so with over 40% more U.S. dollars in circulation, um, it, it kind of makes each U.S. dollar that's in the pockets of Americans and people around the world worth that much less. And so that's where we're seeing a run to harder assets like Bitcoin. Um, basically, with a finite amount similar to gold, the, the idea is that it'll retain purchasing power better than a currency that can be issued at the stroke of a keyboard or a pen. So when people go to netcoins.ca to, to find out about this, um, how, how does, um, well, actually, first of all, I should ask you about, uh, because, because we're always talking about Bitcoin, but are there more, uh, how many different types of cryptocurrency are there besides Bitcoin? 
So there are a couple thousand different cryptocurrencies out there. Um, Bitcoin is the most popular, and I would say the second most popular is one called Ethereum. And uh, Ethereum is a really interesting one. It's it's been gaining a ton of traction around the world. Um, there's several different applications for it. Uh, where you can actually build out existing financial infrastructure. And one of the big use cases for Ethereum is uh, actually stable coins, where you can issue a digital version of the U.S. dollar or a digital version of the Canadian dollar. Um, it's also got something called smart contracts, where you can, you can basically program these contracts to, to execute different, different goals. Um, and so, so that, that's an interesting one. But other than Bitcoin and Ethereum, there's a few thousand other big, or cryptocurrencies um, that are all trying to address their own niche and, uh, and basically uh, address real-world problems using the blockchain. Right. And well, when people go to netcoins.ca, are they, are they investing in cryptocurrency as a sort of a, a day-to-day spending situation where they're buying things online, or is it something where they're buying to invest? They're putting money away, large chunks of money away for their retirement, say. Yeah, so I would say it's mostly people that are putting money away to invest. Um, and I mentioned earlier that uh, you know we're seeing large companies start to allocate a portion of their treasury into Bitcoin. Last week, we had Tesla... Uh, announced that they had purchased $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin. And uh, and so right now, it, it does definitely seem like the biggest use case is um, more of a speculative investment and kind of a hedge against the legacy financial system more than using it for transactions to buy and sell things like a coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And l- let's talk about fraud, because I think for a lot of people, especially older people, uh, it's a concern that they have with cryptocurrency because they can't see it. They can't smell it. Uh, they, they're, they're afraid to trust it. And then we hear these stories of people who can't remember their password or something, or, or they lose the laptop that the cryptocurrency was being held on. Um, what do you say to people who say, oh, I'm afraid of fraud with cryptocurrency? Yeah, I think anytime that you're dealing with money, um, there's going to be, you know, the potential for bad actors. And uh, one of the things that we're doing right now at NetCoins is we're working with the Canadian regulators to help establish a framework that cryptocurrency companies would have to adhere to. Um, And the the end goal of this is basically to make this so that there's some trusted organizations and trusted companies in the space that the regulators have essentially given the stamp of approval um, that they have kind of looked at and made sure that there's checks and balances and insurance and proper procedures in place to ensure consumers are safe. And so I think the early days, there was a lot more fraud. It still exists in the space, and it, it always will. Like I said, anytime there's money involved, there's going to be people trying to you know, part that money from the, <laughs> the rightful owner. But um, you know, one of the biggest things I always recommend people do is look at the team behind the company and really do your own research. And you know, before you send money to anybody, um, you want to know who is behind that company that you're sending the money to. And so we've worked really hard at NetCoin to be forthcoming and, you know, make it really clear who's behind the company and, uh, and then work with the regulators to be transparent. 
Another benefit about Netcoins is that we're owned by a publicly traded company called Big Digital Assets. And so all of our financial statements are audited and available to the public at any time. So you can go in and you can look at you know, our cash positions and, you know, and then the other side of that, obviously, um, you know, the work with the regulators is that uh, they're, they're making sure that we've got all these systems in place to make sure that customer funds are safe. Mm-hmm. And how realistic is it that the, cause that story I, I read about a few weeks ago, uh, somebody who lost their password. I mean, is that a, a real problem? Absolutely. With digital currency, um, it gives users the ability to take possession of their own assets. So it's very similar to if you were to go to the bank machine and withdraw a thousand dollars cash and you put it into your wallet and then you go to the grocery store and you, you leave your wallet on the counter. Um, you know, that if you lose your wallet, that, that money's gone. Um, and so this can happen in a digital form as well. Basically, if you forget where your wallet is or you forget your password or, you know, you forget the code to your safe, then, uh, then it makes it really difficult to retrieve it. Yeah. So in a way, that's kind of reassuring because it's like a thing. It's an actual thing. It, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and then the other side of that is, you know, if the money is in the bank, then there's different insurances and, you know, different procedures in place to, to make it easier to retrieve that. And so, so Netcoins kind of falls similar to that where, you know, when your, your coins or your assets are held with Netcoins, um, you know, if you forget your password, we'll have your ID on file and we've got different procedures in place to ensure that you can get back in, um, you know, once you kind of check the boxes and prove that it is that you are who you say you are and that those are actually your assets, we can actually get you back into that account. But once you withdraw the assets from the platform, same as withdrawing cash from the ATM, um, you know, that, then you've got that personal responsibility. We're talking cryptocurrency with Mitchell Demeter. He is the president of Netcoins, netcoins.ca. It's uh, making it easier for Canadians to buy, sell, and understand cryptocurrency. And uh, Mitchell has a pretty interesting history himself in cryptocurrency. He uh, was one of the people who started the very first Bitcoin ATM machine. And when we come back, uh, we're going to hear a little bit about the history of uh, Mitchell and how that led to Netcoins and netcoins.ca. That's when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And with me uh, right now is the president of Netcoins, Mitchell Demeter. Uh, Now, Mitchell uh, was the winner of Business in Vancouver's 40 Under 40 Award, one of them in 2020. Uh, He's been featured in publications such as Wired, Time, Forbes, and he is now the president of Netcoins, and you can go to netcoins.ca, and it's a, it's a great place to get started in cryptocurrency. Uh, the blog is excellent. There's lots of articles um, about the different issues surrounding cryptocurrency, like Bitcoins and uh, Ethereum. And I want to talk a little bit now, Mitchell, about your history. It's pretty interesting. Now, you um, are responsible for the very first Bitcoin ATM machine, and it was right here in Vancouver. That's right. Yeah, so tell me how that came about. I mean, uh, at the time, that seemed, uh, you know, quite quite insane for a lot of people. You know what I mean? But I guess you, you saw a need for it. And uh, what was the first reaction like when you started a Bitcoin ATM machine? Yeah, absolutely. So... So prior to my exposure to Bitcoin, I was 
fairly into gold and silver. Um, basically, I, I had read a few different books that uh, and, and learned about the the way that the current monetary system works, and uh, and the the ability for governments to devalue their currencies. And so, at that point, the only real hedge against that devaluation was precious metals. Um, and, and so I was into gold and silver, and a few months later, a friend of mine introduced me to Bitcoin. And almost immediately, I made the connection um, between Bitcoin and sound money, basically a, a currency that um, can't be printed or devalued. And so at that point, Bitcoin was kind of just starting its first run. Um, it, it was about 12 or $15 when I first was exposed to it, and it was very difficult for people to purchase. And so a, friend, a couple of friends and I, we ended up wiring some money out to a, an online exchange in Slovenia. It took a couple of weeks for the money to hit, and we weren't really sure if it was actually going to arrive. But after a few weeks, it had, it had arrived there, and we bought a few Bitcoins. And so at that point, um, people had been asking us about it, and we were kind of talking about it, and there was a little bit of buzz. But like I said, it was still very hard to buy. And so so basically, we, we ended up helping people buy Bitcoin through this exchange account that we had in Europe. And, um, and at that point, the prices started to move a little bit more, and, uh, and we saw an opportunity to turn this into a business. And so we set up a, a brokerage, kind of a retail store, in um, Vancouver, where people could come down and buy and sell Bitcoin and talk about Bitcoin and learn about it. And, uh, and we, we ended up getting a little bit of traction. And so the plan from there was to scale those retail locations across the country. Um, and that's when we came across this Bitcoin ATM company out in Nevada. And we made a deal with the gentleman in Nevada to purchase the first five Bitcoin ATMs that had ever been produced and to set up the first ATM in Vancouver. Um, at that point, we ended up getting delivery of the Bitcoin ATM in about November of 2013, and uh, we ended up getting some, some fairly major traction. And uh, shortly after that, we set up Bitcoin ATMs in London, in Singapore, in Tokyo, in Bucharest. And I'm guessing uh, uh, the price of a Bitcoin back then was nowhere near $50,000, $60,000, which is where it is now. Yeah, that's right. It, it was quite a bit cheaper. It, it was, uh, I think when we launched the ATM, the, the Bitcoin price was in around $200. And shortly after that, it, it moved up to about $1,200 before, the first, before, the, uh, before it kind of corrected and came back and went sideways. Yeah, so, so there's been a few Bitcoin cycles that uh, that I've been part of, um, and and that that was the first one, which was kind of end of 2013, where you know Bitcoin went from about you know 12 or 15 dollars up to about you know about 1,200 dollars, and uh, and then after that it kind of came went sideways, and then the the latest run prior to this one was. In to, and in around the end of 2017, where Bitcoin went up to about $20,000 before coming back down and moving sideways for some time. And now, like we said, uh, we're, we're about $60,000 Canadian right now. Right. And I, I'm, I'm, I know you can't predict the future and you don't want to predict what's happening, but what do you see as um, the, the future for the Bitcoin market? Because it seems like a lot of people don't know much about it. And, and as more and more people discover this kind of cryptocurrency, what do you see for the future of cryptocurrencies? 
Um, I think the future is bright. We're, we're seeing legacy financial institutions starting to join the crypto market. Um, we had Tesla buy $1.5 billion in Bitcoin earlier this year. We've got several different large funds acquiring large amounts of Bitcoin. Um, earlier today, the, uh, the mayor of Miami announced that they're going to potentially start holding Bitcoin in their treasury. We've got companies like Visa and MasterCard talking about support. Um, we had the Bank of New York announced earlier this week that they're going to be um, offering custody, a custody solution. So they'll actually let their customers hold Bitcoin in the bank. Um, and so basically, you know, obviously it's hard to predict what the future is going to look like. Um, and, and I'm sure it's going to be a bumpy road. But, uh, but I kind of see a future where Bitcoin is, you know, considered a, a main financial asset. And one day it could actually potentially be a reserve currency. And and what drives the value of it? Is it as simple as saying the more people who buy it that drives up the value? What what is driving the value? Uh, essentially, yeah, the it, it all kind of boils down to supply and demand. We've got a hard asset um, that can be transferred around the world instantly for very little fees. Um, the the issuance is predictable and set. And we've got a limited supply and, uh, you know, we've got essentially unlimited amounts of dollars being created. And so there's, there's always going to be, you know, more, more demand for this asset than, than supply. And sorry, I'm maybe not always, but, uh, but that's essentially what we're seeing right now is, is the, the demand for this asset heavily outweighs the supply. And that's where, where we see the run. We're talking cryptocurrency on Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong, and Mitchell Demeter is my guest. He is the president of Netcoins. Netcoins.ca is the website. And, uh, and you say you, you help Canadians buy, sell, and I think more importantly, understand cryptocurrency. And, you know, we're talking about how much one Bitcoin is worth, which is uh, one you said just sold for $60,000. But it doesn't mean you have to buy one entire Bitcoin. You can buy, you can get in for as little as uh, $50, you mentioned. That's right. Absolutely. So Netcoins is an online platform. And, and like you said, we try to make it easy for people to buy and sell these digital assets as well as understand them. And most recently, we built out an academy on our website, uh, netcoins.ca, where people can come and, and learn about these assets. We, we basically you know, take in years of questions that we, we commonly encounter. and We, we bro- broke them down into digestible snippets that people can come and it's a great resource for newcomers to the industry. Right. So how do you see uh, cryptocurrency? Like uh, you mentioned the, the big two, which are Bitcoin and Ethereum. How do you see this in the average person's portfolio of, you know, maybe it's their retirement savings. How do you see them using uh, net coins and cryptocurrency in that portfolio? So I think Bitcoin can be a, a great hedge. It can be a hedge essentially against inflation and a hedge against the legacy system, essentially. Um, I always recommend that, uh, that people obviously don't invest more than they're willing to lose. Like any investment, it is speculative. Um, a, a great entry um, investment strategy for newcomers is dollar cost averaging. And so what dollar cost averaging is, is it's where you, you basically 
buy a set amount um, uh, at set increments. So you could buy $100 a week, you could buy $500 a week, um, but basically you, you continue to buy over time and that basically dampens the volatility. And if you if the price goes down, you, you'll buy a little bit cheaper, obviously, and uh, and you kind of continue to just, you know, average in over time. Um, but I, I definitely think that uh, it's, an, it's an asset that, you know, deserves some space in most people's portfolio. Mm-hmm. And that kind of dollar cost averaging, is that something they can set up through uh, netcoins.ca? So it is on a roadmap. Right now it, it's done manually. You can load up your account and you'd have to come in and, and buy it each week. But it, it is a, a feature that we're uh, we're hoping to roll out in the next couple of months um, where, where basically you would just set an interval and say, I want to buy $50 every Monday and uh, and it would go on and buy that for you. Right. And so we're in a sort of a period of historically low interest rates that uh, it sort of feels like they're never, ever going to go up. But if they do go up, how, how does that affect uh, a portfolio with cryptocurrency in it? Um, yeah, it's, it's a little bit hard to say for sure. Um, I think rising interest rates would have more of an impact on different assets like real estate. Um, I, I think that we're still such in the early, in such early stages of Bitcoin that, uh, you know, we're kind of in, in this rapid price discovery stage. Um, and so I don't think interest rates would have as much of an effect. Whereas in other assets like real estate, where people are borrowing large amounts of money to buy a house, for example, um, an increase in interest rates would probably negatively impact the, the realistic price. But I, I don't think it's gonna, you're going to see as much of an impact when it comes to something like Bitcoin. Right. And one thing we know you can buy uh, with, with regular money and with uh, Bitcoin is a, is a Tesla. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that rolled out just last week. And so th- there's actually a lot of things you can buy with Bitcoin. Um, you know, there, there's merchants around the world that are happy to accept Bitcoin. Some of them take that Bitcoin and, and convert it directly back into their local currency. Um, but some of them hold it uh, for the long term. And, and I, I don't see, you know, the, the actual spending being the, the main use case right now. It, it's definitely possible and you can go out and use it in that sense. But, uh, but it, it, it has been more of an investment right now. Well, it's so, so interesting to talk about, Mitchell, and I, I thank you so much. And I thank you for your patience. I hope I, I don't sound too much like a Luddite when I talk about cryptocurrency, but it, it seems like... No, it, not at all. Oh, yeah. thanks. There's definitely no, no such thing as a stupid question. And, you know, it, it is kind of an overwhelming concept and it takes some time. And, you know, basically over the last eight years, I, I've been trying my best to, to help people learn about it. And so, you know, I, I've heard, heard a lot of these questions. And, and like I said, the, the academy at netcoins.ca um, is a great resource and it, it addresses a lot of these questions. Because a lot of the questions that you're asking here, you're not alone. We, we, we get these same questions all the time. So, uh, Thanks, Mitchell. I appreciate that. Netcoins.ca is the place to go. And as I said, the Academy is great. Lots of articles about the issues around cryptocurrency. And I think it's something that uh, we all should learn a little bit about. Uh, Mitchell Demeter, the president of Netcoins. Uh, thank you so much. That was really, really interesting. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right. Netcoins.
netcoins.ca. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And when we come back, we're going to ask Andrew. Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And with me, uh, as always, is Andrew Ferreira. He's the executive producer of Vancouver Consumer. And uh, I hope I didn't surprise you when I mentioned earlier that Valentine's Day is tomorrow. And uh, are, are you all set? You didn't surprise me. Uh, <laughs> I knew it was tomorrow. But first, I do want to say happy Galentine's Day out there. What's, what's Galentine's Day? the day before day? Valentine's Day. Oh. Yeah. The day before Valentine's Day. For all, you know, when all the girls get together and, you know gossip and stuff i'd never heard of that before oh maybe it just shows the company that i that i keep (laughs) around um but no it is valentine's day tomorrow and you know rather than you know trying to you know find you know some cool activity i talked about the mural festival which is going on right now the winter mural festival uh go ahead and do that if you're looking for something to do that's outdoorsy and you don't mind the cold yeah you gotta Um, be creative this year exactly uh but you know in years past it's been a staple to, you know, go to a restaurant, maybe, you know, have a nice fancy dinner somewhere. Uh, but with COVID, that's obviously not happening for most of us. Uh, you know, there are still going to be the intrepid few who are going out there and those who are insistent on it, you know, take all precautions you can. Uh, but for the rest of us, you know, restaurant owners, you know, restaurants are still open. Um, and, you know, I, I saw a piece in Business in Vancouver yesterday uh, just about, you know, how people and restaurateurs are having, you know, you can call in and order, you know, dinner sets, right? You can order in boxed brunches. You can order, you know, uh, a, a three-piece a three piece dinner set even, you know, to your house. And you can just make that yourself. And in my opinion, you know, making food with a loved one is better than eat it, than just eating it. Making it and eating it. It's miles better. It's mm-hmm. just more fun. And plus, if you screw up, you can laugh at each other, yeah, which th- I think is also fun. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, in the pandemic, you know, this isn't the first holiday to be, you know, derailed uh, by the pandemic. We've all had to uh, adapt and find new ways to deal with things and celebrate things together. Family Day is Monday. Uh, there's going to be a whole lot of people who are going to be bummed out because maybe they have family in other provinces. Or maybe they have family overseas. Um, for Christmas and New Year's, it was the same thing. You know, we had to make do with our with our Zoom calls and our, our our group Skype sessions and everything like that. You know, just to be able to make some time. So you know, it's Valentine's Day tomorrow. It's Valentine's Day today, and on Monday it's Family Day. So I think if you're in the mood and you've got the ability go out there and support local business and order something in from them there's plenty of restaurants and you can call them one of my favorite ramen places in 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 vancouver um offers uh frozen broth and noodles that you can just buy and cook at home and you get the restaurant experience and 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 taste and everything but in the comfort of your own dingy little kitchen so i think there's plenty to do uh because i've heard people who have said you know, there's nothing to do. Well, you just got to look. It's out there. Yeah, do something special. And like uh, on those Wayne's World commercials during the Super Bowl, <laughs> eat, eat local. I, I didn't understand that. That seemed kind of dumb to me because how else are you going to eat? It, internationally? I don't I, know. I, I, I don't know. But go support restaurants and go go pick up the food and, uh, you know, in, enjoy Valentine's Day. Do something special and enjoy the long weekend. Uh, yeah, so that's it for us. It's Vancouver Consumer. We'll be back next Saturday at 2 o'clock. And like I say, have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.
The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.